The song that we just sang, if we genuinely pray that and God answer that, the city of Chicago would be transformed. Our world would look different. It really would. It really, really would. Joshua 4.21, God said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask the parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them. Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea, and he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful And so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Powerful, powerful scripture, yes? There's a Hebrew word that we remind ourselves of every Testimony Sunday, and it's the word zakhar. The word literally means to remember, to recall. And this word is found throughout scripture because foundational to understanding Christian life, foundational to understanding a flourishing life is this principle that we need to remember to recall who God is and what he has done. Foundational to understanding who God is and what he has done, his provision, his grace, his faithfulness, his mercy, and remembering is foundational to living the life that God calls us to. And the reason why God tells us is because I don't know about you, but I forget all the time. Anybody else? See, I forget about the fact that when I was 17, I got into a major car accident with four youth group kids in the back going to a retreat, and we walked away from that accident without a scratch. See, I forget that when I was 18 and I went on a mission trip to Africa, I contracted malaria. And I was in the intensive care unit for two weeks, losing 50 pounds, having the doctor tell me, you're not supposed to be alive. I forget that when I was 22 and just entering ministry, because of stupid decisions I made, my life could have been blown up and I could have been disqualified from ministry. And yet, God. I forget, not just about major events in my life, but throughout the short 49 years of my life, I forget about that one time when I was unemployed. I found in an envelope with the exact amount of money that I needed to pay rent. I forget about the fact that every day it seems like God reminds me of the ugliness of sin and reminds me that his mercies are new every morning. I, re I forget about the fact that throughout my life, God graciously sent mentors and disciples into my life who guided me in my walk. I forget about the fact 
that I am being guided by God to be able to do what I do. I forget all the time. The scripture's full of commands like this. First Chronicles 16, 12. Remember the wondrous works that God has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. Psalm 77, 11. I'll remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. Psalm 103, 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And don't forget all his benefits. Don't forget all his benefits. Don't forget all his benefits. And one of the functions of the Holy Spirit, John 14, 26, but the helper of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. You know those random moments when all of a sudden pop, you remember something that happened and God came through. All of a sudden pop, a scripture comes to mind. You know what that is? That's the living work of the Holy Spirit in you. And then, of course, Jesus gives us two sacraments. He says, do these two things. One of them is the Lord's Supper. He says, do this in what? Remembrance of me. He says constantly, I need you to remember, 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 remember. Why? Because we will not have the ability to forgive somebody who wrongs us unless we remember that he's forgiven us. You and I will not have the ability to love difficult to love people unless we remember that he first what? Loved us. We will not have the ability to be radically generous to anybody this year unless we remember that we are recipients of the most radical generosity in the person of his son. We will not have the ability to endure difficult, hard trials unless we remember that he walks with us and never leaves us forsake us. Then we will not have the ability to hope that something good could come out of tragedy and suffering unless we remember that the ultimate suffering, hardship, and injustice brought about salvation and redemption. What do you need to remember today as you look back on 2019? Story of the Old Testament is actually our story. You know, we read the stories in the Old Testament and we go, that's someone else. No, it's our story because the Israelites are constantly forgetting, yes? One minute deliverance, one minute miraculous provision. Next day, grumbling, complaining, doubting. That's me. God provides for me. God rescues me. God brings about deliverance. If there's no other explanation but God, but the very next day, I'm complaining, grumbling, doubting. So God does a couple things in scriptures. He says, uh, first of all, I need you to remember these feasts and festivals. That's why God does it throughout the Old Testament. The Passover feast, what is that? I need you to remember that I set you free from bondage to slavery. Don't forget. But the other thing he does, actually, He says after one miraculous, powerful, supernatural event, commemorate it. Don't don't just go commemorate it by setting up stones as a remembrance. We find one of these in Joshua 4. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people from each tribe and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan from right where the priests are standing and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. And Joshua set up 
at Gilgal, the 12 stones they had taken out of the Jordan. The first thing that God says to them is set up stones of memorial. Why? Why? Because a time will come when you will wonder, does God care? A time will come when you will wonder, does God know? A time will come when you will wonder, is God able? And God says to Joshua, whenever you do, remember, say it with me, the stones. Remember the stones. How Jordan stopped flowing so you could walk on dry ground. As you look back on 2019, what will you need to remember? What defining moments do you need to remember? Maybe even just one of God's provision, answered prayer, deliverance, provision that came unexpected. Uh, maybe somebody is sitting here and you're going, I don't want to remember 2019. It was a horrible year. It was hard. I can't wait to move on from 2019, Peter, because I can't remember a single act of provision, deliverance, and it's hard to find the hand of God when we are going through some things, yes? And it's during those times we need to look a little deeper and go, maybe God showed up in unexpected ways. Maybe for some of us, it was during hardship and trial that God sent some people into our lives who carried us through the hardship. And we found the unexpected gift of community. You need to remember that. Maybe for some of us, even though we're still in it, we actually grew spiritually as we were drained of our self-sufficiency and learned how to surrender. You need to remember that. Maybe for some of us, even though we're still in it, God allowed us to minister to people who are going through the exact same thing and they found hope through you. And maybe for some of us, we experience Isaiah 43 when God says, when you go through the waters, I will what? Be with you. Moments of God's presence. What do you and I need to remember? Why do we do this public testimony thing each year? Besides the fact that y'all love it. It's Psalm 96.3, declare his gross deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things he does. Can I get an amen to that? Three reasons why we do it, and then it's your turn. God's glory, your good, salvation of others. Why do we do this? One, it glorifies God. Can I get an amen? It is an opportunity for us to declare who God is. It's a big, fat spotlight on the miraculous work of God, which means, which means when you come up here, please make it about Jesus. I want to say it again. Please make it about Jesus. It's about God's glory, amen? So that means as much as I love hearing you come up here and say, thank you, do so-and-so, thank you, so-and-so, thank you, so-and-so, will you remind yourself, I thank God for so-and-so. I glorify God for so-and-so. It's all about him from beginning to end, amen? Secondly, it's for your good. What do I mean? Hebrews talks about offering a sacrifice of praise. Why? Anybody can sing and praise when things are good, yes? 
but it's hard when things aren't going well, when you're still in the midst of it, when your circumstances scream, God is nowhere to be found. It's in those times when we declare who God is, it is a costly sacrifice. That's why the hardest praise is the highest praise. Saying, God, this is who you are and I trust you, even though I'm in it, glorifies God and causes our faith to grow. And third, salvation of others. What do I mean? There are people sitting around you today who are saying to themselves, God can't, God won't, God isn't able. This is how life will always be. Where do they find hope? Where do they find courage to move on? Where do they find faith in knowing that God isn't done with them yet? Through hearing what? Your stories. More than a sermon, it's when you sit there and you see someone say, God is able to restore my marriage, that you'll be able to say, maybe God can do that in me. It's when you hear someone say, I'm still struggling with this, but I've been sober from my addiction for six months, that you'll be able to say, maybe God can do that in me too. It's when some of you come up here and share and saying, it's in my darkest moments that I was able to sense his nearness and presence that you might be able to say, maybe God can do that in me too. It's your turn. I have a couple requests or notes. Number one, if you are someone who has shared in the past, I would ask that you sit until folks who have not ever had the opportunity to share come up and be able to share. Okay? Okay, number one. Number two, make it short, okay? Don't do as I do, do as I say. Make it short. I didn't think it was that funny. Number three. Number three. Number three. Make it about Jesus. Make it about Jesus. One quick note. Um, there are some of you who will want to come and share, but you're wondering, all of our sermons are posted online, and I'm a little bit nervous about so-and-so might hearing we do post all of our sermons online, but here's what we're going to do. If you share today and afterwards you're saying, I wanted to share with my church family, Peter, but can we just keep it here and not, we will gladly take your portion out of our recording. That's easy to do, okay? So that those of us here can hear your story and folks that you might be a little nervous about hearing at this point, they won't. So it's really simple. So ask any one of us, our staff, to say, you know, I share that today, but it'd be really wonderful if it just kept it to our church family. We can do that, all right? So it always takes one brave soul to be able to, yes, I have a mic, Kimmy, to be able to come up and share, okay? Um, you know, I was uh, going to remind you that uh, you know, you, you have a pastor who doesn't mind coming next to you and saying, you need to sit now. So um, please don't violate those three rules. Thank you, precious. 
Why are these rocks here for? Good Lord. These rocks are here because after you share, I need you to take this and I need you to put it in a place you'll see every day so that you could remember what God did. And after the service, because there's like 30, 40 rocks here, not everybody will get a chance to share, but as you think, this is for everybody, as you think and remember today, 2019, yeah, God did that, God did that. One thing, but God did that. After the service, please, please come up. I'd love to see all of these rocks disappear and we have some more to put at the table. Sorry, Peter, I'm going to break the ice. Hello? Yeah? Okay. So I'm Andy, um, and, and the reason I'm here with uh, my wife, Stephanie, and our daughter, Isla, um, is because our, our testimony started last year, and it didn't really finish until um, this year. And I wanted to, um, you know, I, I've been praying about this, and, 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 you know, and I pray that God is really glorified through this testimony. Um, but there's three things that I really wanted to, to talk to you guys about as a church family. And the first is friendship and love. Um, the sec second is suffering. And lastly, um, is God's promise to us. So uh, to begin, I brought um, a special friend that I met last Testimony Sunday. Mm. <laughs> His name's Rock. Rock is uh, a great friend. He, uh, he always hangs out with me. He watches Netflix with mm. me. Mm. Mm. He doesn't talk back. He listens to me mm. and, and uh, never really complains. Mm. Um, but the amazing thing about Rock is, you know, he embodies many of the characteristics that, that God embodies for us. Mm. Um, he doesn't judge me. You can come, come to Rock at any time in your life, even if you feel um, at your worst. Um, but the one thing that this Rock does embody is the living, powerful, breathing spirit of God. Mm -hmm. And that he has so much love um, for us, and he has demonstrated that love through all of you, and we are so grateful and thankful from the bottom of our heart mm. for your mm. prayers for us, mm. for your um, support. Um, and so last year, we, we actually um, shared that we were going through IVF, and uh, we were trying to get pregnant, um, and it was our last try. So we had one last embryo left, our insurance was out, so we were out of options, and uh, Steph and I had been praying. We had gone through six tries. It, it didn't work, um, uh, and so the six, this was the sixth try. So we were, we were asking um, you as a church to pray for us and to um, really ask for God's help and, and the power of prayer. And, um, and you know what? It, it didn't work. And... Uh, a part of me wanted to throw a rock away. <laughs> I wanted to just uh, bang my head and, and say, you know, what else can I do, God? You know, what else can we do? We, we, we didn't, uh, you know, we did everything that we should have, have done. And, um, and, you know, just to give you guys some context um, in, on the suffering part, um, my wife and I, we've been trying. Um, we have one daughter, seven years old, seven years old, seven and a half. 
Um, we have been trying uh, since um, really seven years ago to have a, a second child. Um, on October 25th, um, 2013 was one of our darkest days because we, we lost um, our daughter Sky, and she went to heaven. And that's something that just stays with you forever. And we didn't know the reason for that. And um, then a year later, we, uh, we, uh, we, we got pregnant again. And, uh, and we lost that uh, due to a miscarriage. Um, and after that, there was just silence. Um, and we, we tried everything. We're like, you know, we'll just kind of do it naturally. And, you know, hopefully things will work. Um, no, it didn't. And so we saw a doctor, and the doctor couldn't tell us what was wrong. And um, there was a period of time where we were asking ourselves, you know, is this, is this really what you want us to do, God? And we tried everything humanly possible in our power. And, and that really brings us to God's promise. And um, I wanted to read you a verse um, that, that I had saved um, during my devotions. It's Luke uh, 18, 27. Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. When we found out the last IVF uh, didn't work, um, we said, okay. You know, that's your will, Lord. And um, even though we're not happy with that, we have to be content. Little did we know that that was not the end of God's um, ability and power to impact our lives. And um, about two months uh, later, we found out we were pregnant. And, uh, and you know, when, when you get pregnant, you, 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 you become, you become a parent really all over again, right? Because this life that you're making decisions for and you're caring for, you have no idea and no control over what is going to happen. You don't know if something's going to go wrong or if it's going to, you know, and that's the context. That's why I said, you know, um, the suffering that we had been through, we were, we were so worried, but at that moment, we just said, thank you, God, for at least this moment and that you have shown your, your promise and that your prayers have, have helped us come true. And through every single milestone um, in the pregnancy, God continued to give us more faith um, that he was able um, to provide. So on November 6, uh, 2019, Gavin Luke um, Wang was born. Gavin, uh, Gavin, we named him Gavin because Gavin means God send, and really he was sent by God to us. Um, and your prayers were answered because we had asked that Gavin would be glorifying, a, a testimony and glorifying to God. So um, thank you for your prayers. Um, thank you. I want to tell you that it wasn't anything that we did. We weren't any better spiritually. We weren't, um, in fact, we had given up, right? We, we didn't have the faith um, to see that God could do what was impossible. Yet he still decided very clearly to prove to us that um, he is the true creator um, of life. So thank you.
Hi, good morning. <clears throat> my name is Nastasia, and uh, I hope that um, my testimony will share with you that if God has placed a dream in your heart, he's faithful. Uh, the dream that I, uh, so what I, God shows his faithfulness to me mostly through my career. I have chosen a very impossible pursuit to be an actor. Um, you know, I, I face a lot of like, why would you choose that? The chances of succeeding in that is like 0.055%, you know, uh, but it's a dream that has been burning in my heart since I was seven. I refuse to give up on that. So uh, I just want to share just a short testimony. Uh, I moved here in August uh, with my husband um, from Seattle without a job, without any prospects, without any relationship connections. And uh, um, I'm kind of a control freak when it comes to my artistry or my success and like relying on my own strength. Um, so a part of my job is like uh, auditioning. I have to be vulnerable in front of people I don't know and believe and trust. Uh, and so whenever I walk out of an audition and feel like, oh yeah, I totally nailed that. Yeah, I did all the right things. I usually don't get it. <laughs> and so it's really, uh, and what he has shown me is in the moments where I walk away and I walked away and stepped out in faith and don't know what the outcome is, that's when he shows up. Um, so the struggle has been like, I have given all, whatever is successful, whatever works, it's all him. It's all, if you want me to have it, cool. If you don't, I'm still gonna trust. And so it's just really the little thing. So I just wanted to share if anyone feels discouraged in their pursuit of a dream or a vision, trust that. That's, if it's good, if it gives you joy, it's from him and he will see you through and you just need to let him have it. And that's when he always comes through for me is when I have no idea how it's gonna go. And so it's just really a practice of faith of letting go. So God uses my dream to remind me who he is. Hi, uh, my name's Chad, um, and I feel uh, pretty nervous sharing. Um, I think I, I feel a little uh, raw, um, but I wanted to, uh, I, I felt God laid this on my heart to share with everybody because, uh, well, I don't know why, but maybe one of you will. Okay, so Alicia and I started a business um, about 16 months ago, and it's been a very rough uh, journey. Um, primarily financially. Um, and I think uh, because of the, the way I was raised and maybe the way a, a lot of you were raised, I feel very um, protective about being um, financially independent and not um, uh, needing anything. Uh, I didn't have, I think, a, a great men's uh, community here. I didn't know a lot of you. 
uh, until the men's group uh, retreat uh, earlier in the spring, uh, shortly after Bulo's born. And um, we had uh, run out of money to the point where we couldn't pay medical bills or really anything. And I got to know a lot of the men uh, on that retreat. And um, in this miraculous, um, felt like out of nowhere, I got a check from um, a lot of the guys in that group that, that paid exactly our medical bills that month. And it was amazing. And I thought that'd be the end of the story. And then like, <laughs> our business would have an upturn and we'd pay ourselves. And then I'd be like, okay, well, great. I don't, I don't need anything anymore. And thanks, everyone. We're on our feet. Um, and then the summer happened. And um, we still were in pretty tight, rough spots. And uh, I think um, I had shoved all of it sort of under like a bed of like, oh, well, I'll look at this later when I like I have enough like money to like budget. I'll be able to like look at just how big of a mess that we're in. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> we started to pay ourselves like a, a normal amount of money. And so I pulled all the mess out from under the bed. I was like, oh, this is so much worse than I thought it was. And I had talked to a couple of the men in church about it, and they were like, well, you know, you should share that with, with some, some of the others. And, and so, so, I, so I had, and um, uh, I, I think the thing that I, I wanted to share was um, how God took a moment uh, last week, two weeks ago, to demonstrate to me that he's um, going to provide and can in a thousand different ways. Uh, I was driving a friend home to Des Moines and um, our car broke down on the interstate. Um, and uh, it needed to be towed to a local mechanic. And this was like the Monday before Christmas, the Sunday before Christmas. No one was open, so I had to call at like 8 a.m. And I was like, hey, can you fix my car? And he said, I'm not even gonna be able to look at it until after New Year's. I said, well, well, I'm stuck here. Um, and then he's like, call these other mechanics. And so um, I did, got it towed to another town. They thought there was a 3% chance that they could even look at it that day. But then I sort of like paused and, and realized I didn't have the credit limit on a credit card or the money in a checking account to pay for the tow, the car rental I'd need, or the car repair. So uh, we, I just like texted the men's group and uh, within, um, within like 30 minutes, um, we had been sent money for uh, the repair. We had uh, been given an email from the blessing fund saying, hey, everything's taken care of. Um, I was like, okay, amazing. So I go downstairs and we were then given um, a, a car for the week. So we didn't even need to pay for a rental. Uh, I drive to the, uh, to the uh, mechanic and by the time I get there, uh, the mechanic said, well, we actually fixed your car. You don't need to, like, have a rental car or borrow your friend's car for the week. And also, we're just going to give you this repair for free. Like, out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, so it, it was this um, uh, amazing uh, moment in time being like, uh, all the guys at church um, in the group, like, responded with, like, such incredible generosity, taking us out of that situation. And then at the very end, God's like, also, I would have taken care of you anyway. Um, so... God provides.
name is Shannon. Um, and I don't like this, but I'm here. <laughs> so, um, to share the story kind of vaguely for time and for a lot of reasons. Um, but I, I've been saying for the last few years that God is a God of processes. And 2019 really um, just proved that to me in, in really new ways. Um, and the story actually starts in, at the 2018 Women's Retreat, um, where really very much out of the blue at the end, I heard God ask me to do something. Um, and it's in a way that I've only heard God ask me something a couple times in life. There's really no denying it or getting around it. Um, and it was very, very much something I did not want to do. Um, and beyond that, felt no need to do, saw no purpose in um, at all. <laughs> I was really fine. And, um, and so I, out of obedience, um, told a couple people, told our community group at the time, and my husband and a couple women that I was with, um, and just kind of said that, like, God asked me to do this, I don't want to do it, I don't understand, but I don't know what's going to happen. Um, and in that process, I kind of just sort of put it down a little bit. Um, my husband gave me a lot of words of wisdom of don't panic and God will order the steps um, if you just follow. And um, um, <clears throat> so in that process, I decided to go see a spiritual director, um, which is something I've said I was going to do for a long time and just didn't. Um, <clears throat> and that it, that was decision made by a couple other steps in the process as well. Um, and so started sharing stories with her and, and just getting feedback um, and understanding about what God was asking me to do, which has a lot to do with just like my childhood and life, which I've been dealing with my whole life. It wasn't new. Um, and another significant moment was um, when Pastor Swanson came as a guest pastor and spoke um, I don't remember what that was, but it, it, in one session of spiritual director, she had asked me like if there was a, a Bible character, a story that I really connected with to my life. And I felt kind of dumb because I was like, no, no, <laughs> it's not something I've, I've done. Um, <clears throat> and if any of you were here, he preached about the, the bleeding woman um, who touched the hem of Jesus. And from the moment he started speaking, it was just like a disaster. Um, and because it was him pointing out in that story and what Jesus did um, was, you know, he healed that woman and she was like, I'm good, thank you, I'm fine, um, let me go and I'll testify or whatever I'm going to do. Um, but Jesus stopped her and was like, no, there's definitely more um, and, and really forced her <laughs> um, in his power, in his gentle power to to look at what else there was um, and to use her story for other people as well. Um, and, uh, and that just kind of wrecked me um, and thought that is what is happening right here. There's healing that I did not know needed to happen and I did not want to happen. Um, and yet God is asking me, he's like, just keep showing up, just keep showing up. Um, other part of that process was 
um, vulnerability <laughs> um, with people. Another thing my spiritual director had said as I was starting to panic um, was, you know, maybe you just need to like get together with a couple women and, and just walk through this together and pray together. And um, as she asked that, we had I had just formed um, a group like that um, that hadn't met together yet, but was scheduled and on the calendar. And I said, okay, I've got that. Um, and so um, walking with other people in that vulnerable community has been a huge part of, of this. Um, and forcing myself <laughs> to share, um, because when I say, I mean, you can probably tell as I'm talking, um, when I say that I have hated every step, Have. And it's not over. And the thing that God asked me to do, I haven't done. Um, and I'm not sure, I'm not even sure that I will. Not out of not obedience, but I'm not sure if that was what the purpose was in asking me. Um, but um, in my last spiritual direction session before Christmas, uh, at the end, she asked me, like, we went through some things, and she was like, How do you feel? And I was like, You know, there's this. There's a freedom that I feel like a thing, a responsibility, a burden that has been lifted off of me that I've never experienced um, not having it on me. Like literally I've never not experienced that. Um, and so it's not just say like, oh, now I'm good and it's over. Um, that's not it. It comes with a lot of grief and it comes with, I don't know, how to, I don't know what to do with that. I don't know how to live like that. Um, but when Jesus says he comes, like, it is for freedom that he has set us free. And I know Peter has said, like, pointed out that difference of, like, yeah, it's done. But he has to use that double language because we don't know um, how to live in that freedom. And so it is a process. And God is a God of processes. Um, <clears throat> and self-sufficiency <laughs> um, is definitely where I have lived. And I've given God credit and he is my forever. I've known God forever. Um, and so it's not that I have not followed Jesus um, and been aware of him in my life because I have in every single moment of my life. He has been my parent. Um, but there is so much freedom. And so I want to just say that out loud um, to give God glory and to, um, and to as an encouragement. <laughs> There's so many times that I'm not a person ten, whose tendency is to say, why isn't God doing this for me? Um, my tendency is to say, like, how am I not showing up right that God can't do this for me? That is, that's been my tendency. Um, and so sometimes it just, sometimes I don't like stand up even in the middle of a sermon and be like, it's a process <laughs> and God is not mad at you and God knows what you've been through in life and God knows um, how our hearts and our brains work and our spiritual healing comes along with our emotional healing. Um, and he is patient and kind and he's not mad at us. Hi, I'm Chloe. Oh, it's loud. 
Um, I was sitting there. I didn't actually know it was Testimony Sunday until Pastor Peter got up there, and I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and God was like, Would you stand? Would you sit when I would have you stand? And I was like, Okay, I'll stand. Um, so the last couple years, 2018 and 2017, I went into the years being like, This year, I want the word of my year to be thriving. And um, now, standing in 2019, that was the word of neither of my years, <laughs> and it wasn't um, the word for this last year either. Um, if I could describe how I kind of um, feel about myself in the world, I want to quote what the Lord said over Hagar about Ishmael. He said, he shall be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against everyone and everyone's hand against him, and he shall dwell over against all his kinsmen. If you know the Enneagram isn't Ishmael in Enneagram 8, like even before he was born, <laughs> and um, that's me. So if you know anything about the Enneagram, I'm an Asian woman eight. So it's a hard life out there because <laughs> I show up like wanting to confront, wanting to bring justice, wanting to bring truth. And people are like, why are you not calm and comforting and like here in servitude? And I'm like, I, I don't know. And for a lot of my life, uh, that was how my life was set up was like, there was a lot of struggle against. Um, and um, it took me a long time to be like, oh, that's actually who God built me to be. And so that's marked this year a lot as well. Like I really see my life as a lot of like overcoming triumphs or overcoming like obstacles, usually clumsily. And this year, I'll just say in the span of a few months, I um, sprained my ankle really terribly falling from the top of a boulder. And then a month later, I was like, I can go on a hike and fractured my ankle in two different places. Um, I had a really racist instant, instant with, uh, incident with my family when I was like dating a black man and they were really awful and manipulative about it. So I've been estranged from them. Uh, my car was um, hit twice and stolen from vandalized one time within the span of like six weeks. So it's just been a really rough year. And then at the same time, I had a really toxic job situation and a really, really um, like white supremacist patriarchal boss um, who really did not like the person that I was and really show that in every interaction that we had. And um, so I would say that was like the tail end of the tailspin was uh, the end of September of this year where like I out of nowhere was fired from this job, which was also ministry. So it's like fraught with a few things. And um, I grew up in a really like punitive Asian household where the rhetoric is if you, oh, if you do not do school well or if you do not do work well, you're not worth anything. So it's been, um, and there's a lot of shame associated with it. So. Um, and I've been following Jesus since I was 23, so about eight years. And um, I know the reaction I would have had before I started following Jesus. And this time, there was a lot of grief and there was a lot of support from people. And I kept waiting for the shame to come. And um, it never did. And God was like, you got fired for being who you are. <laughs> and um, I'm always just so touched by God being a God of the oppressed and God of the... Um, God of people who are oppressed. And um, recently I've been write, reading Inspired by Rachel Held Evans. And one of the things that she says is that the only person in the Bible that names God is, a, um, is an African slave. It's actually Hagar. Um, and this really resonates with me for my experience with the Lord this year. 
So she said, um, after she ran away from her master, Abraham and Sarah, she said, uh, she's in the desert, and um, the scripture says, so she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, you are a God of seeing. For she said, truly here I have seen him who looks after me. Therefore the well was called Bir Lahaira, it lies between Kadesh and Bered. And um, the name of the well, Bir Lahaira, it means um, God sees me. So I think going through a life where I feel like a lot of people don't see me, especially when I was younger and didn't want to see me, um, yeah, it's been a really good story of God seeing me at my lowest and a reminder that um, God is here to redeem the invisible. Um, hi, my name is Helen, and um, every year I have a word that I live by, and the word slash phrase that I um, chose for 2019 is bold and courageous. Um, and to be honest with you all, like those qualities are not the ones that I always saw myself as. Um, and it didn't matter how many times my friends would tell me that because I didn't believe that about myself. And but the one thing that I am really proud of myself for doing is um, going to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> 2019 um, marks the fourth year of me going to therapy. And the reason why I started going was because um, of a past unhealthy, abusive relationship. I was in high school, but I didn't realize or it didn't occur to me until college that that's what happened to me because I was conformed to think that that was the norm, that how he treated me was um, the norm. So I started my long healing journey. Thank you. Um, I started my long healing journey of just addressing shame um, and addressing the wound that was rotting away inside um, for a long time. And... It was one of the hardest, it was the hardest um, thing that I ever done in my life, but it was the most transformative and um, the most, it, it was such a big blessing that like God just gave, on, gave to me and um, God is so good in that he provided me with friends um, who were supportive and was there for me all the time and um, he also guided me to strangers that I met at UCOM, um, who are now my good friends. And these are good friends because they share the same experience or similar experiences that I went through. Um, yeah, and in the beginning of my journey, I shame affected my mental health. And in addition to that, it also impacted my physical and emotional health. Um, so I think... In the beginning, I was I became too aware of what panic attacks um, felt like, and I allowed pain to measure my worth. Um, and it was painful, and I realized that if you asked me to list out um, all the painful things that I went through in my entire life, I can list them out to you in a second. But if you asked me all the joyful moments that I went through in my entire life, it would take me a little bit longer. And and I think it's because I don't celebrate my joy um, that God gave me enough. I don't celebrate it long enough. So pain lingers longer. Um, 
And I don't want to live a life like that anymore. I, that's not the life that God created for me. That's not the life that um, he wants me to live in. Um, I don't want to live a life filled with lies anymore. Um, so the two reasons why I wanted to come up here today is because one, I hope that I can be the stranger or the friend that you meet here today um, to help you share your burden and pain. And two, um, I wanted to do the most bold and courageous um, thing that I could possibly think of doing um, to close out 2019, um, which is sharing my story with you all. And this whole time in 25 years of my life, I or this past year, I thought I was trying to pursue these qualities that didn't describe me, but God was using this year to remind me that I have been bold and courageous this entire time. So thank you. There we go. Hey, my name is Joe, and uh, I've been coming here with my wife, Anna, for the last uh, few years. And I'll be quick. Just want to just give praise to God and thanks to God for being a God that we can, we can trust, that we can follow, and that we can believe in, um, especially when things we, we don't see the answer right away. Uh, we've been trying to have a baby for a while, and um, we just found out um, a few months ago that we uh, were both pregnant. She's pregnant. <laughs> I'm not, but I can look. But um, so the due date's in, in July. So it's something we've been wanting for, for years. And uh, so it's been great to kind of kind of see that come together. Um, you know, just, just, just in terms of like trusted him for provision. Um, she got a job recently that is a good job that she likes to do. She's been looking for a while. So the, the thing for me this year learning is just like trust God in his timing. And, um, and faith is really built when you don't have the answers and you don't see anything. And then I've also learned that God can be the God of the final hour where you don't see what's happening, you don't know what's gonna be happening, but just keep having that trust, keep having that faith, and then obviously, the longer you go in your journey, you look back in time, and, uh, and that reaffirms the faith you have by seeing what God has done in the past, and gives you hope for what's gonna happen in the future as well. So, just thank you to the church body here for being a great, great church. We've really enjoyed getting to know, and um, so, yeah, that's it, thanks. I shared last year um, that I had been struggling with an anxiety disorder with panic attacks since 2017. And last year I shared with you how dark and how painful it had been. Uh, because when you have a panic attack, you feel like you are dying. And there is nothing that can convince you that you're not. So it hurts physically, mentally, emotionally. You're tired. Um, and so I wanted after sharing I really wanted God to like sprinkle some Jesus juice on me and like be like healed um that's not how it works I have experienced healing in 2019 um but it's slow and it's hard work I've been seeing a counselor for the past two years and working really hard at going through the things in my childhood and the things that go through my head that 
cause the anxiety. I mean, mental health is so complicated anyway, and so, but I was just really embarrassed about having this because a panic attack can feel really dramatic of like, I'm dying, but no, I'm not, just kidding. Um, but there has been no judgment here. And then when you go through anxiety and depression, God can be really hard to see. And I see him in my church family here. I see him in the empathy. I see him in the people who, when I showed up on Sundays and sometimes I have panic attacks here, the people who have laid their hands on me, the people who have talked me through a panic attack, talked me down from the ledge of it. It's just, there has not been a single person who has told me, pray harder, try harder, work harder, because that's not how it works. Everybody has been just open sharing their own experiences, so I don't feel alone. There are so many people who have been so open and honest with what they've gone through, and then I feel like I'm not the only person. I'm not alone. There's more hope. And so I just wanted to share that this church, the people here, you know, the glory of God is through. He channels himself through our hands and feet and mouths and prayers and you here are the ones who represent him. You make the invisible God visible by following his will, by channeling his love, by sharing his love. And that has brought so much healing to me, and I hope that brings healing to other people in this church too. And I just want to thank you all, and I want to thank God for helping me come here and finding this church 10 years ago, um, because I know that I would not have made it through if I hadn't had this loving, constant support from this church. Peter, Peter, hold on. Come on, Lindsay. My name's Lindsay, and I wrote it down so it'll be quick. Um, in 2019, we had a great year. I usually spend the last two weeks making a family yearbook to remember all the blessings in our life. Um, but I, I had a black hole in um, September, and um, I have a close friend and colleague who had a sudden heart attack, and uh, she was 43, and it was very dramatic at, her, at a reading during her brother's wedding, like the day before her 44th birthday, and she was placed into a coma. Um, and this was my work wife. For those of you that, that have those people that you just choose to go, check in multiple times a day, every day. Um, and it was the start of the school year. Um, and I frequently do my worship through music. So I'm always that person who hears a great song, good job choir, and, and I write it all down and then I find it on my phone. And um, so I turned to worship <clears throat> through this time. Um, so as her mother sent us updates through the coma, I would send songs to her mom to help her get through. And that was really helpful in keeping me hopeful. Uh, and I, I really didn't, it happened over a weekend, I really didn't want to go to work on Monday. Um, but I felt like the Holy Spirit told me to go and to save my day for Wednesday. Um, so when I went in on Monday, my colleagues were really encouraging and they said, don't worry, it's okay, she's coming back to us. And I was very wary because that felt not right as a Christian, right? It's not my will, it's his will. Mm -hmm. um, and she passed on Tuesday, and I found out after school. Um, and it was extremely physically painful. 
I've had people pass in my life before, but not people that I was that close to. Um, <clears throat> so for those of you that have had people pass, sometimes it feels like you're dying. It was extremely physically painful, and you can probably tell I'm still a little emotionally delicate. Um, and it would have been very easy to turn to numbing through alcohol or food for me. <laughs> um, I could just eat myself silly. Um, but I took that Wednesday. I did not go in, and I also did not go in on Thursday. And I um, sat in the pain because mm. life can sometimes be painful. Mm. It can be incredibly painful sometimes. Mm. Um, and so I let myself cry, and I um, physically remember going to the pool and sinking to the bottom, and then coming back up and then sinking to the bottom. And I still worshiped, but I used different songs <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because that was a helpful reminder that sometimes things don't go the way you want them to. Mm-hmm. So even though I was in um, a lot of pain, mm-hmm. I, I took time for silence and I took time to listen to God. Mm-hmm. And um, it was uncomfortable, but I never felt alone. Mm-hmm. So for that, I um, am very grateful. You know, as much as I appreciate um, things were hard and then God miraculously did everything, it's at the heart of our church that resonates with Lindsay's story. It's Isaiah 43, when you walk through the fire, when you walk through the waters, I will be with you. Um, as we end today's service, um, I have a stone to remember. Many of you know that as we entered the month of December, we did a giving challenge. We, as a church, faced a $130,000 budget shortfall. Do you know what God did? Christmas offering total for the month of December. Christmas offering came out to be $147,000 and three hundred dollars I am a cynic and an unbeliever at heart. So God wasn't done with me yet because here was the unexpected surprise. The unexpected surprise was a regular budgeted need for the month of December, which was an enormous bill, was $76,505 is what we needed for the month of December. And do you know what God did? For the month of December, For the month of December alone, God provided $128,000 and $296. Which means 
which means that God, not just you, God, for the month of December alone, for a span of four weeks for the month of December, God provided $275,652. And we enter the new year with a surplus of $63,791. God did that. God did that. God did that. God did that. So I don't know what barriers and challenges that you see and you face this year. May you be reminded through all the stories that were shared and through what God did through you that he is able and that he is faithful and that he is our provider, Jehovah Jireh. Stand with me, church. Amen.